God, thank you that we, we are seeing victories in every part of our lives because of what you've done for us. I thank you, Lord, that we don't live in defeat. We live in victory. We live from victory to victory. It doesn't matter what comes up against us. Lord, we're not afraid. We don't back down. Lord, we know that we're going to see a victory. Whether it's in our a health situation, a family situation, a marriage, Lord, whatever it might be, we thank you, Lord, we're having victory. We declare it today. Victory is ours because of Jesus. And Jesus won the victory and he gave it to us. And we thank you, Lord, for the victory that's ours today in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Come on. Amen. God bless you this morning. If you were standing up at home worshiping, God bless you. You can be seated. If you were sitting down, I bet you're in your lazy boy, but that's okay. Now, I want to I say something this morning. Um, you know, we, this is normally the time that we take our offering. And uh, I just want to give you a chance to think about this. I like, I like things just to, you know, sometimes just a little nugget just to sit and think about. I read this um, story the other day about how they make cream. Maybe you grew up on a farm and you made cream. I don't know, maybe you had a, a milk cow or something growing up and you remember making cream when you were little and, and what they would do is they'll milk the cow and then they'll put the milk to the side and let it sit. And as it sits, that cream begins to rise to the top. And after a while, the cream, all the cream will gather on the top of the milk and they can take it and they can scrape off that cream. Yeah. yeah, amen. And then what they do is they take that cream, you know what I'm talking about, and they churn it and you churn it and you keep churning it. What happens as you begin to churn it, you get some nice fatty butter to put on your biscuits. You know what I mean? Listen, if you left that, if you took that cream out and you drank the cream or ate the cream, I don't know what you'd do with it. You take it and you eat it. And now you got the milk left and then you use most of the milk and you take the little bit of milk at the bottom and you pour it into the thing and you try to churn it. You know what you're gonna have? You're gonna have a mess. It's not gonna work. Listen, why do we give to God off the top? Cain and Abel, Cain and Abel both gave to God, but one gave the best. One was received because he gave the best. Why do we give off the top? Listen, giving, as you give, you can never, when you give, what happens? Your hand has to open. You can never receive from God if you refuse to give. Why do we give off the top? Because if you give all you give is leftovers, you'll get that multiplied back to you. Lord, here's my leftovers. I don't want my leftovers multiplied. I got enough leftovers in my house. I don't mind eating them, but I'd rather have the best. God wants the best for you. Why do we give off the top? Because it's the best, because we wanna honor him with everything that we do. And the other thing, when you wait until it's almost gone, there's usually not enough left for anything else. And you say, oh, I'll give to God next month. No, listen, we give the best. We give to God. And as you give this morning, God's gonna bless you. So maybe you're at home this morning, you wanna give online, you can do that afachurch.net. You can mail in a check or whatever you wanna do. But the important thing is that you give because it opens us up to receive from God. And he wants us to receive the best from him, but we gotta give. Amen. Amen. Why don't you type amen this morning? Or if you're watching on YouTube, I don't know what you do. High five somebody or something. Um, but hey, I'll tell you what. Thank, I want to say thank you to the worship team for coming in here. We appreciate you guys so much. And um, thank you to all of our media people. Yeah, appreciate you guys too. Thanks up there. And um, 
you guys watching at home, we appreciate you too. We love you too. Um, this morning, I've got, I've got, like I said, something important I want to share with you. And I want you to take your Bible and go to Luke chapter 8, and we're going we're gonna to start there this morning. Luke chapter 8, and while you're finding that, I read this, this story the other day, and I thought it was so appropriate. Was, this man had just bought two brand new hunting dogs. They were, these, they were big, strong dogs, and he brought them home. He put them in his backyard, and he was getting ready to, to train them. And, and uh, he said it wasn't long before uh, the neighbor's dog had dug a hole under the fence and come over to see his dogs. And he said this neighbor's dog was one of these little, you know, the little short, I guess they're bulldogs or something, kind of little. They're little, but they're but they're you know, kind of mean looking. And he said, this dog just came walking over, just growling. I mean, he was just growling. He was just looking nasty. And the neighbor thought, I better go pick that dog up and take him home or he's gonna get the tar kicked out of him. But he thought, well, maybe I should let him learn a lesson. So he said, the dog walked over to, the, to his big hunting dogs and, and got into a fight with them. And sure enough, those dogs tore up that little that little bulldog sent him running home under the fence. He was limping. He was whining. He was crying. He was lay, laying the rest of the afternoon, licking his wounds. And he said, well, I guess he learned his lesson. But then about the same time the next day, that little dog came under the fence. He was growling again. He came under the fence and he started another fight. The guy thought, I can't believe this dog won't learn his lesson. He got beat up. He got sent home crying. He, well, I guess it took him two times. The next day, the dog came over again. The dog got into a fight again with these dogs, got beat up, got sent home. The man said, I watched it happen every day, the same time like clockwork for a week. He said, he said after a week, I thought, that's got to be the end of it. He said, the dog came over again for a second week. He wouldn't quit. Every day, he was fighting with those dogs. He said it wasn't long, two or three weeks into this, he said when that little dog this next time came under the fence, those two big hunting dogs took one look at him and they turned around with their tails between their legs and they ran into the house. They were done fighting. They didn't want to fight anymore. They were scared of the little dog. The little dog wasn't stronger than them, but he wore them out. Listen, I want you to understand something. Your faith has to be a faith that doesn't quit. Your faith has to be a faith that keeps going. You might feel like you've been in a fight. You might feel like you're getting beat up, but you keep standing because the word of God says, if you resist the devil, he's gonna flee from you. You gotta keep standing. You gotta take your stand. You gotta keep standing in faith because a lot of times, here's what I believe, a lot of times we get in trouble because we say, well, you know, I believe God, but I'm standing at the altar. I believe God's going to do something. And then you go home and you say, well, now I got to figure this out now. How am I going to do this? What am I going to No, you got to have faith that doesn't quit. You get this word in you and you keep standing on this word and you keep believing this word and you keep persevering in the word. See, this is why kids usually get what they want because they realize they can wear you down. I've got a child that doesn't quit. You're, if you're watching this morning, we love you but you don't quit. She's going to wear me down. She knows she's going to get her way because she just won't quit. Listen, you got to have faith like that. Faith that doesn't quit. Amen. So I want to talk to you today about unstoppable faith. You got to have unstoppable faith, worship team. Amen. Faith that's not moved by what we see. Faith that doesn't quit when things get tough. What do they say? When the going gets tough, 
the tough get going. That's what your faith's got to be. You're, hey, things are getting tough. That's okay. My faith's just getting going. I'm just getting my faith ready for whatever I'm facing today. Amen. Life might be tough. I think it was John Wayne said, life is tough. It's tougher if you're stupid. But listen, life might be tough. Life might be getting tough for you. I don't know what's going on in your, in your world today, but listen, it's time to stand in faith against whatever the enemy's done. Because I read you that scripture this morning as we started. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundant. He ain't came to give us tough life and life that gets tougher and tougher and tougher until you get to heaven. You know, like that old song, just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away. No, no, that's not what he came to give you. He didn't come to give you a few more weary days. He came to give you life and life more abundant, but you got to get into this, amen? See, I've been talking about faith these last several times I've spoken. I've been talking about faith that it's like a seed. Jesus said your faith is like mustard seed. If you just got a little bit of faith like a mustard seed, but he compared it to a mustard seed because it's something that you plant. How many of you know when you plant something, the job doesn't end? just because you put it in the soil. You, if you put that thing in the soil and you never come back to it, you're gonna have a dead plant. My, my kids planted a thing, an aloe plant, I think it was. They put it in the thing and they said, we're not supposed to do anything with it. I said, I think you're supposed to water it. No, no, you're not supposed to water it. I, I think that's wrong. But they didn't listen to me. And guess what they have, a dead plant. It didn't grow. Why? Because they didn't take care of it. You gotta take care of your faith. You've got to water your faith. In Luke chapter 8, Jesus is talking about the parable of the sower. You know this scripture, don't you? He's talking about the parable of the sower, and he says, he says there was a man who was a sower. He went out to sow, and as he was sowing, he says some seed fell along the path. It got trampled on. The birds of the sky ate it up. Other seed fell on the rocks, and when it sprang up, it withered because it didn't have it lacked moisture. Other seed fell on the thorns, and when it sprang up, but it got choked. Still other seed fell on good ground. When it sprang up, it produced a crop a hundred times what, what was sown. And here's how Jesus explains the parable of the sower. He said in verse 11, the seed is the word of God. I want you to say this with me. The seed is the word. Seed's the word of God. So this word of God comes into your heart. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing, the word of God says. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the seed is the word and you hear it and it gets into your hearts, but sometimes it doesn't grow like it's supposed to. Sometimes there's things that will try to choke out the word, try to choke out your faith. Listen, you gotta have unstoppable faith, faith that doesn't quit. There might be doubt that comes up like a weed. You just pull that thing out and you keep speaking, that you water that seed with the word of God. You say, no, 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 this is what the word says and you keep standing on that. You got to water it. You got to take care of it. And this, look at what he says in verse 11. He said, I'm sorry, verse 15, the seed in the good ground, these are the ones who after they heard the word with an honest and good heart, hold on to it and by enduring bear fruit. It says in the Passion Translation, let me read this to you. I've been, I've been getting into the Passion Translation. I just find it so interesting. But look at what it says. The seed that fell on good ground, fertile soil, represents those lovers of truth. That's an interesting statement. Lovers, we live in a world, I want to tell you, they don't love truth. They want to hear their version of truth. They want to hear what they believe is the truth, but they don't want to hear this truth. 
this truth offends them. But if you're a lover of the truth of the word of God, you hear it and it's deep within your heart. That's your spirit. They re, and they respond by clinging to the word, keeping it dear as you endure all things in faith. This is the seed that will one day bear much fruit. But notice something that he puts that word in there, endure. Enduring faith. Faith that endures. Faith, that's what you got to have. Faith that doesn't quit. Faith that doesn't let go. Faith that holds on to the word and doesn't stop. Amen. Last week, I spoke about the, the Roman centurion. You remember this? And Jesus called him. He said, he said, I've not seen this great of faith even in all the people in Israel. He said, this guy's got some great faith. And Jesus made this statement, you got great faith about two people. I only see two people in the gospels. Most everybody else, he says, you got little faith or no faith. But these two people, Jesus said, you've got great faith. I talked about the Roman centurion. I want to talk about the other one today for a few minutes in Matthew chapter 15. Because I want you to see, what does it take to have great faith? How many of you want great faith today? I don't want to have, I don't want to be satisfied with just, a, just enough faith to get to heaven. I want to be, I want to, I want faith in every promise that God made to me. Okay? I can have faith for salvation and stop there and go home, but I want faith, I want faith for healing in my body, for miracles to, to manifest in my life. I want faith for my finances. I want faith for my family. I want faith that my children are going to walk the way they're supposed to walk. I want faith that my marriage is going to work the way it's supposed to work. I want faith for everything in my life. Amen. And so here's what Jesus says in verse, Matthew chapter 15, in verse 21. It says, Jesus left the place where he was. He went to the area of Tyre and Sidon. This is a place outside of Israel now. He went outside of Israel. And I don't know that he did that very often, but he did this time. And some people said, well, he was trying to get away from the Pharisees because he just said a bunch of stuff that like rebuked him. And he said, well, better go take a break for a while. Whatever the reason was, he went up, he went up north and got out, of the, got out of Israel for a while. And he's up there. Maybe he thought he would take a little vacation. Maybe he was quarantining. I don't know what he was doing. He said, I'm just going to get away for a little while from everybody else and take a break. And while he's there, it says a Canaanite woman from that region came and she kept crying out, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly tormented by a demon. So here's this woman and she comes crying. Jesus is just trying to take a break. Somebody leave him alone, but this, this woman won't leave him alone. She's not an Israelite. She's outside of the covenant. Now, it's really interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the end of the story first. He calls her a woman of great faith, and he called the Roman centurion somebody with great faith. Both those people were outside the covenant of God. They weren't Jewish people. They were Gentiles. And as far as we know, this woman wasn't even a believer in God, but she had enough faith in her because, listen, she must have heard about Jesus. Up there in Tyre and Sidon, outside of Israel, she heard rumors about a man named Jesus. And then the rumors must have said a little bit of something because she calls him Lord, son of David. Now listen, the son of David is a messianic term. That means I believe you're the Messiah, Jesus. I believe you're the son of God who is coming into the earth. You don't see that from most people as Jesus traveled throughout Israel. Very rarely do you see somebody calling him that. They would call him a prophet, right? Remember he asked Peter, who do people say I am? 
Well, a lot of people say you're a prophet. Some people think you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. Some people think you're Elijah. But who do you say I am, Jesus asked. Listen, this woman was saying, you're the Messiah. You're the son of God. You're the son of David. She's claiming his messianic term. She heard something about Jesus, and she believed it. Just like the Roman centurion, he heard something about Jesus, and he believed it. He didn't, he didn't go around, I said this last time, he didn't go around asking everybody their opinions. Hey, I heard this guy, Jesus, is healing people. What do you all think about him? Do you think he's a, a prophet? Who do you think he is? Do you, let me turn on the news and see what they're saying about him. Let me go, let me go ask all the, the religious people what they're saying. He didn't do any of that. He heard about Jesus. How does faith come? By hearing. And so it got into his heart, and you know what he did? He held on to it. And that's what this woman did. She heard about Jesus, and she held on to it. I got something now. I got Jesus. And she's holding on to Jesus, and she keeps crying out. But what does Jesus say to her? Look at verse 23. Yet he did not say a word. How do you like that? He didn't say a word. Now listen, I'll show you why he couldn't say a word. But some people feel like that's them with God. They feel like, man, I'm God, where are you? Why does it feel like God is silent? Why is he not saying anything? I'm pouring out my heart and it feels like God's silent. I want you to know something. God's never silent when it comes to you. God is never silent when, he come, when it comes to you. He, listen, she was outside of the covenant. You're not outside the covenant. When you become a believer in Jesus Christ, you come into a new covenant and you've got access to God the Father 24-7. The word of God says you can boldly approach the throne of grace and you know with confidence that anything you ask of God, he's going to hear you. And you know if he hears you, he's going to do it. That's the confidence we have before God. God's not silent. The Roman centurion was waiting on a word. He said, Jesus, if you'll just speak one word, that's all I need. Just give me one word, my servant will be healed. But in this situation... Jesus refused to speak a word. He didn't say anything, did he? All she needed was a word. Listen, you've got every word you need. You've got every, all the promises of God, what are they? Yes and amen. In Christ Jesus, every promise in this book is yes and amen for you. You don't need any other words. You've got every word you need right here. And you just got to get this word in you and start believing this word. And sometimes it might feel like, let me say this, it might feel like God is silent because we're not praying right. Well, that's hard, isn't it? Puts it on us. But here's what we do sometimes. We whine and we complain. Lord, don't you know what I'm going through down here? Don't you know how bad it is? Don't you know what so-and-so did? You know what they said to me? And this and that. And what we do is we whine and we complain. That's not prayer. Now, it doesn't mean God's not concerned about you. Don't mistake feeling like God's silent for not caring. God cared. And Jesus, I believe, he cared about this woman, but she was outside of the covenant. So don't mistake silence for not caring. But listen, we got to get our prayers right. All the promises of God are yes and amen. You got to get your prayers aligned with his word so he can add his amen to it. Because when all I do is whine and complain, God says, what are you, you're not asking for me for anything. 
You're not agreeing with me. You're not coming into agreement with my word when you're complaining. My kids like to complain. You guys have that problem. My kids, they love to complain. They love to tell me what the other one did. They come down first thing in the morning. Guess what this one did? And guess what they said and this and that. And I say, well, it's life. Learn to deal with things. Learn to deal with each other. You know, God bless you. But I told, I told my son, this, this revelation came to me. I was sitting there, I was actually working on this, and he was running in and out of the office, and I just, I looked at him, I said, you know what, whiners can't be winners. And he stopped, he said, oh yeah, you're right. Now he wasn't whining, I was just thinking about it. He said, whiners can't be winners. I said, you can either be a whiner in life or you can be a winner. What are you gonna be? I wanna be a winner, okay. Make sure you're not whining. He didn't, it lasted for five minutes, but may. Hey, winners can't be whiners. See, listen, sometimes we get our focus on us. We get our focus on our problem. Get your focus going the right way. Amen. Amen. Get your focus going the right way. So here's what she says. Here's what Jesus said to her because the disciples are saying, Lord, send this woman away. She's bothering us. We're on vacation and she won't stop. And here's what he says. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Look at what Jesus is telling her. I wasn't sent to you. I'm not here for you. You're, you're outside of the covenant. You don't have a covenant with God. I was not sent to you. Listen, he might not have been sent to her, but she was going after him. She was going after him. And you, God can't resist a heart that goes after him. When somebody wants God and is desperate for him and they start seeking him, they're going to find him. And so she was desperate, and she started using her faith to take hold of something that didn't belong to her. See, listen, this is so powerful because here's what Jesus was saying to her. What I have doesn't belong to you. But she was determined to use her faith to reach out and take hold of something that she had no right to. Wow, I'll tell you what, your faith can be unstoppable. If you can just get a hold of this, your faith can reach out, your faith in God can reach out and take hold of any promise that you want to. It's been made available to you. If it wasn't even available to her and her faith took hold of it, what's gonna happen in your life if you'll just receive the word with faith? Come on now, wow. So her faith, the word of God in, in um, Mark calls her a Syrophoenician by birth. She didn't let that stop her. She didn't let her race stop her. She didn't look at her position. She didn't look at her, the fact in that society that she was a woman put her in a different caste system. She didn't look at her, her sex, her gender. She didn't look at her race. She didn't look at her inadequacies. She just looked at Jesus. Listen, there's nothing, nothing in this world that can hold you back. There's nothing in this world some people think there's things holding them back. They think, they're, oh, well, it's because, and they get to the whining. Oh, well, it's because of this, and it's because of that. I don't have the education. I don't have the, no, no, no. Stop the whining. Get your eyes on Jesus. There's nothing holding you back. I, I read this story about some of the, there was two great Australian tennis players back in the 1970s. They were, they were two of the top tennis players in the world. But when they started out, they weren't very good. And they came, they both went to the same high school and they both had the same coach and the coach really encouraged them. He, one of the guys was really, really slow and kind of, you know, just kind of 
move like molasses, you know? On the tennis court, that's not very good. Balls were just whipping past him. And so the coach started, he started calling him Rocket. So he called him Rocket all the time. Come on, Rocket. Let's go, Rocket. And the other guy was really skinny. I mean, he could hardly, he'd swing that racket and hit the ball. and He had no power to it. It would barely go over the net or sometimes it just crashed in the net. He started calling that guy Muscles. Come on, Muscles. Come on, Rocket. And he was just always speaking that word over them. And you know what? They stopped looking at their inadequacies and they started looking at what the coach was calling them and they became what the coach was speaking over them instead of focusing on their problem. Listen, you got to get your eyes off your problems and get your eyes on Jesus and what he's done for you. Because there's nothing holding you back. You have unstoppable faith today in the name of Jesus. Amen. So Jesus says to her, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel, but she came, she knelt before him, and again, she calls him Lord. If you call somebody Lord, now that means, that means I'm under your command. You're my master. She says, Lord, help me. And look at what he says to her. In fact, in, in the um, book of Mark, he says, let the children be satisfied first. It's not right to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. And then he, but at first he says, let the children be satisfied first. Listen to what Jesus was telling her. You're not a child of Abraham. You're outside of the covenant. You got to let the, here's what he was getting at. Your time's coming, but it's not yet. Your time's coming, but it's not now. The children of Israel got the first dibs. Grace was coming to the Gentiles, but it wasn't her time. In fact, Jesus told her it wouldn't be right. It's not right. It wouldn't be right to give you a miracle because it belongs to the children. That's the children's bread. So get this. God, in Jesus, is, is telling her not only no, he's telling her it's not right. It's not your time. Now listen to what faith can do. Do you remember Jesus' first miracle? What did he do? He turned the water into wine. His mother came to him. They were at a wedding. And his mother said, Jesus, they're out of wine. What did he say to her? What's this got to do with me? It's not my time, he told her. It's not my time. Jesus told her it wasn't his time. Was he lying? No, he doesn't lie. Did he not know it was his, maybe it was his time and he didn't know it. No, of course he knew it wasn't his time. But his mother's faith took hold of something and moved the time clock of God. You see what your faith can do. You see how powerful your faith is. Your faith can move time. I had them tell me, you know, I, I told you last week I had, I had um, the COVID thing. Wonderful. And I lost my smell. I couldn't smell anything. That was the only symptom I had other than I, I wanted to take naps a couple of times. I took a couple of naps because I was tired and I couldn't smell anything. That was my only symptom. And the health department called me and they said, tell us your symptoms. I said, I can't smell anything. And what else? I said, no, that's it. No, no, probably something else. I said, I get tired. Well, no, do you have some, no, I don't have any, I don't have any other symptoms. That's it. And they said, well, you can expect your sense of smell to take a very long time to come back. I said, no, thank you. What do you mean, no, no. I'm not going to expect that. I'm, <laughs> I don't need to expect that. I'm going expect, to expect it's going to come back quickly. In fact, it's already coming back. And they said, well, no, it's taking everybody a very, very long time. Well, no, I'm not expecting that. Well, you, you, 
can't expect, yeah, I can expect to use my faith to move the time clock and, and shift things for me so that things won't take as long as they, you know, if somebody, if somebody uh, has an injury and the doctor says, oh, it's going to take, it's going to take months for this to get back. No, no, no. I'll expect that it's going to go quickly and it's going to take, well, you can't expect that. Yes, I can because I'll just use my faith and God will just turn the clock on that. And, you know, he, he did that in the word of God. He made the sun go backwards, didn't he? He made the sun, the shadow go back down the steps. God can move time. He made the sun stand still for 24 hours. It was nothing to him. No big deal. You try to explain that physics to me. I don't understand how that works. But somehow the sun didn't move for 24 hours. That seems like the whole universe would implode. You ask a scientist, that's not possible. The whole everything. No, nothing is impossible with God. But it takes some faith to tap into what he's got for you. Come on now. People sit around like they want, God, why aren't you doing so? Start using your faith to take these promises. Come on. Listen, you can get a miracle today. You don't have to wait. You can get, you can get your miracle today. You can get saved right now. If you don't know the Lord today, Lord, come into my heart, save me. It's that simple. You don't have to wait. You don't, God can do anything in a moment's time. He can save your soul. He can heal your body. He can set you free from, from depression, from oppression, from anything in your life that you need victory over. He can set you free. He can heal you. He can give you a breakthrough now because he's a right now God. Faith is now. Faith is for now. We don't need faith for 100 years down. We need faith today because you might be going through something today, but he's got whatever you need, you can have access to today, amen? Because this is the day, the word of God says, this is the day of salvation. He's a right now God, amen. I'm getting, I'm getting fired up. Y'all need to be in this room with me next week. We're gonna have a good time. So we're, I don't even know where I am, praise the Lord. He told this woman no. He told her, you can't have it. It's not right. And look at what he says. It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she doesn't quit. I'd quit right there. A lot of people would quit. I can't believe he just, can you believe what he just said to me? He called, listen, she had faith that wouldn't quit. I want you to put up, uh, go in your Bible to Luke chapter 18. And there's a story here about a widow and Jesus tells this story about a widow who is persistent. And there's an unjust judge. And every day she comes before the judge and she says, give me justice. He says, no, go away, because he's not just. Give me justice. No, go away. I don't want to hear your story. No, give me justice. Every single day, like that bulldog, wouldn't quit, wouldn't give up. So finally, the judge says, this woman is going to wear me out. I'll give her justice so she doesn't keep coming and wearing me out every day after day. Look at what Jesus says in Luke 18, verse 6. Listen to what the unjust judge says. In fact, let me, let me read it right here in the Passion Translation. Um, will not God, don't you know that God, the true judge, will grant justice to all of his chosen ones? You're one of his chosen ones. God's going to grant you justice when you cry out to him. He will pour out his spirit upon them. He will not delay to answer them and give you what you ask for. Listen, will not God grant you justice? And go to, is there one more verse in there? 
God will give swift justice. Say swift. Swift justice to those who don't give up. So be ever praying, ever expecting, just like the widow who was with the judge, yet when the Son of Man comes, will he find that kind of persistent faith or faithfulness in his people. Listen, God's going to give you swift justice. You say, I don't need justice. I don't, I'm not going to court about anything or whatever. Listen, if there's something broken in your life, if there's something, you, you have a new covenant with God. And that means you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. That means sickness. It means disease. It means poverty. It means all these, all these terrible things that are mentioned in the curse have no right in your life. And if they've come upon you, it's unjust. You've been treated unjustly, unfairly. Maybe the devil's come in and brought something, sickness or whatever in your life because that's what he does. He's the thief and he's come in unjustly. You cry out to God for justice. Lord, the enemy has been treating me unjust. I cry out for justice, and God's going to grant you justice swiftly. He's going to take care of that devil, and you, you can use your authority too. Get out of here, devil, and you, God's going to give you justice quickly, amen, because he's not tied up in the United States government. He doesn't work on that timetable. He's got his own timetable, and is in his government, he does things quickly because he's got no restrictions on him. He can do whatever he wants quickly, but you got to stand in faith, believe in God, amen? Disease is unjust because Jesus has set you free. Whatever you might be facing today, if you've got some kind of need, whether it's a mental need in your family, financial, whatever. If, if something's broken, it's unjust. And you believe God and you stand and say, God, I thank you that you're giving me justice quickly. But you got to have faith that doesn't give up. So Jesus says to her back in Matthew 15, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. It's not right. Listen, she doesn't get offended when he calls her a dog. She doesn't get offended. We live in a thin-skinned world. Yo, man, go on Facebook sometime. It's a thin-skinned world. You can't say anything. You'll offend somebody. You don't want to offend somebody. The most offensive book in the world is right here because it tells me if I'm not living right, it's going to tell me so. It doesn't say it's okay, you just take it easy. No, this book's going to tell you get your life right because God's coming. Jesus is coming back. You better get your life right because you're going to stand before the judge of the whole earth. Whoa, that's offensive to me. Don't you know I want my lifestyle the way I want it? No, no, no. You got you to get your life in line with this word. Amen. It's offensive. And we live in a world of offense, but if, if you get offended, you'll miss God. If you get offended, you'll miss what God has for you. She could have said, how dare you? Listen, faith will get put to the test. Her faith was being tried right here in this moment. Her faith was being tested right there, but she refused to give up. Look what it says in James chapter 1. Can you put that up there? James chapter 1, verses 2 through four, consider it great joy, my brothers. Whenever you experience various trials, and a lot of people take that sarcastic. Yeah, that's joy. Uh, I'm going through something. Thank, praise God. No, no, no. Consider it joy because why? Know that the testing of your faith produces something. It's going to produce endurance. That means you can endure. It means you can take more 
when you go work out with Coach Small, he's going to have you do some bench pressing, and you can do a little bit of bench pressing, but as you continue to do it, you can endure more, and your body can take more punishment, and more punishment, and more punishment, and stronger. You're getting stronger, but you got to keep enduring. Endurance, do we skip a verse? No. Endurance must do its complete work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Lord, I don't want to lack anything in my life, but sometimes my faith has got to be put to the test because I got to learn how to endure because it's easy to give up when things get tough. I've got faith, but then something happens and I want to give up. You can't give up. You got to be like that bulldog. You just get up ready for the fight again. You keep fighting. You keep persisting. You have endurance because when you can learn how to endure, you're going to be complete and mature. We need some mature believers. That's maybe the problem with the world a little bit. We've got a bunch of believers who are immature. We need mature believers because our world needs to see mature believers so that we can be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing, but it takes endurance. Endurance has to finish the work. And so look what she says in response. She says, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Isn't that brilliant? Yes, Lord, I might only be a dog, but I can get the crumbs. I can have the crumbs. She's using her faith. Look what Jesus says to her. Woman, your faith is great. What did it take for her? How did he recognize great faith? It refused to quit. Refused to quit. Unstoppable faith refuses to quit. It's going to keep going. There's nothing that can stop it. You're going to just keep persevering. You're going to keep pressing in. You're going to keep taking hold of this word and saying, Lord, I believe your word is true. I might have situations that are lying because that's what those lying things are. Those lying symptoms and lying things. They'll come against you and say, no, this isn't, the word isn't true. Look what you're going through. The word isn't true. Look at this. The word, I'm pulling those weeds out. I'm pull, they're just weeds. I'm just pulling them out and I'm speaking the word of God over my body. I'm speaking the word of God over my family. I'm speaking the word of God over my life in the name of Jesus. Amen. So he says, woman, your faith is great. I'm going to, I'm going to get ready to close. I want you to put up Hebrews chapter six. See in this hour, we need faith that doesn't quit. You've got all the promises you need today, but you need faith that refuses to quit. Let me read this to you. Hebrews chapter six, Look at verse 10. For God is not unjust. God is not unjust. He's, he'll give you justice quickly. God's not unjust. He'll not forget your work and the love you showed in his name when you serve the saints and you continue to serve them. I'm going somewhere. Hang on. Now, we want each of you to demonstrate the same diligence for the final realization of your hope. Listen now. So that you won't become lazy, but will be imitators of those who inherit the promises through faith and listen he doesn't stop there you could he could have said they inherit the the promises of god through faith but he added one extra word faith and perseverance it's not enough just to have faith you got to have faith that doesn't stop 
Because a lot of people say they have faith, but then they quit. They say they have faith and they come down for prayer. I got faith that God's going to do something. And then they go home and they don't know what to do. And they feel like everything's falling apart and they're just so overwhelmed. Listen, you got to have faith that doesn't quit because it's faith with perseverance that's going to get you the promises. You hold on to this word of God. You stand by faith, believing the word, and God's going to do it for you. Amen. I want you, just if you would, bow your heads with me. Close your eyes just for a moment. I want to speak to you right now because I've been talking about faith that refuses to quit, unstoppable faith. Listen, maybe you're going through something today and you felt like giving up. Maybe you've been there before. You're going through something and it feels like you just want to give up. You felt defeated and you feel like you can't go on. I want to encourage you today. You stand in faith. That's the only way you're going to make it. You stand in faith. You hold on to the word of God. And through your faith and your perseverance, you're going to inherit the promises. That's the word of God to you. I'm not making that up. That's the word of God. It's the truth. But you got to be a lover of the truth. You got to hear the word. Let it sink down into your heart. Hold on to it. Tend it. Take care of that word. Take care of that seed that's in your heart. Today, maybe you're watching online and you say, you know, I, I don't have a right relationship with God today. You've been talking about faith and I, I've never put my faith in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want you to know today that you can have a right relationship with God. I want you to know today that He can make you clean. He can make you whole. Maybe your life feels broken. It feels like a mess. You feel like, I don't know what to do because nobody's going to want what I got. God's not going to want my, my life. Listen, God specializes in taking broken things and putting them back together. And when He puts them back together, they're better than they ever were before. And maybe that's you today. And you say, I need Jesus in my life. I need to make my life right with God. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I know you might be sitting at home and you think, I can't see you. No, it's okay. God's going to see you. Right now, I want you to raise your hand. And you say, Lord, come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. Lord, forgive me for all the wrong things I've done. Make me a new person today, a new creation. I know the word says old things have passed away and all things have become new. And so I thank you today that I'm new. I thank you today that I'm clean. I thank you today that I'm whole. I thank you today that I've been born again. And Lord, we thank you for each person today. If that's you this morning and you prayed that, Jesus came into your life and he's going to change your life. You just let him. You let that seed stick in there. you got to get in this word. You keep hearing the word. You keep putting the word into your life and it's going to grow. He's going to change you. Amen. You let us know if you prayed that prayer. We want to, want to continue to encourage you and pray for you. I want to pray for the rest of you this morning for unstoppable faith to rise up in you. Lord, I thank you today for each person, Lord. I thank you that 
There may be trials, there may be things they're going through, but Lord, I thank you that we count it joy because those things are increasing our endurance and they're making us mature and complete so that we're lacking nothing in our lives. Lord, I thank you right now that each person that's listening to me, Lord, will let just have faith rising up in them today, that they're gonna have great faith like this woman who refused to quit, Lord, who refused to back down in, in, the face of, in the face of getting a no from God. She refused to take no for an answer and she held on by faith to Jesus. Lord, I thank you for faith that holds on to this word, faith that, the, that believes this word, no matter what the world says, no matter what it seems like, no matter what the situation looks like, faith that holds on to the word. I prayed for you earlier today, but if you have a need in your life, maybe you missed this earlier, if you've got a need in your life, you agree with me right now, and I'm gonna pray for you, Lord, I thank you right now for miracles to manifest. Lord, I thank you for, for victory today. Lord, that they're gonna see victory today in every part of their lives, Lord, if there's a, a financial need. I thank you this week is gonna be a week of financial victory, that they're gonna have unexpected resources coming to them. I thank you for that. Lord, if there's a, a need in families, Lord, I thank you this week is the week of victory. Things are beginning to turn around. Things are beginning to shift. That atmosphere is changing right now. I thank you, Lord, for, for sons and daughters to be brought back to their parents. Lord, I thank you for reconciliation in, in, in relationships and marriages, Lord God. We thank you for what you're doing. Lord, I thank you for bodies being made whole because you sent your word and you healed us. We declare that today. We believe it today. In the name of Jesus, say amen. Refuse to quit today. Have unstoppable faith. Hey, if God did a work in your life today, would you just send us a message? Let us know. We want to just rejoice with you and, and, um, and pray for you and bless you. So God bless you today.